official soccer podcast. My name is Boreal Demi, and I'm joined as usual by Justin and Manny. We also have a guest today, JR, uh, who is a Madrid fan. Welcome back, JR. Uh, how you been? I've been good, man. Glad to, glad to be back. Glad to talk about uh, some of the games today. Cool. Um, so today, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Madrid Derby. Uh, you know, Champions League is coming up. Uh, and we are also going to be giving our predictions for that. And also we have the Dead Classic Carrier and also the Manchester Derby. So all good stuff going on uh, in this episode. And uh, also watch out for our yellow card, red card segment. Uh, but I think there's nowhere we can start uh, except the Madrid Derby uh, today. Um, I think I see a lot of anger online, especially on Twitter. So um, I'll just let anyone, uh, maybe JR, if you want to start and give your initial rant about what happened today. And um, yeah, just take it away. Yeah, uh, well, we can talk about the main one, the handball that was not called at the end of the first half. Um, I don't know about you guys. I getting tired of the handball calls. Um, uh, like... Yeah, speaking as an Arsenal fan, um, yeah, we can we can talk about we can just make this all all handball, uh, non-call episode. Is that okay? We can do that. No, um, the game I thought was good though, but I felt like that was a big missed call. I felt like Madrid, Real Madrid, dominated the entire second half, and we did get the tying goal. Benzema could have had one before he scored. That was one on one with Oblak that he missed. Um, but I feel like with, with that handball call missed with his missed goal, and then we tie in it, I feel like we, we drop points. Of course. Um, so before we even start talking about that, I want to read, or I want, I don't know if people got this, um, um, I, I remember like Tottenham before the, they played this weekend, Tottenham, I think during the week, um, there was a goal that was canceled, um, because, um, the handball, was it Tottenham? Uh, the handball was like off of Sanchez. You guys know what I'm talking Tottenham about. Tottenham and uh, Tottenham and Fulham. Yeah, um, I can't remember who. Basically, the the goal led to a handball. It was like a was an assist to the to the goal. Um, and um, IFAB, uh, you know, who declares the laws for for our game, our beautiful game. Uh, they actually have gotten rid of that um, rule as as a rule, which I. I liked personally, um, but the reason why I'm bringing up IFAB is um, part of what um, they say in the rules uh, of IFAB is um, the the notion of not making yourself natu- you know naturally bigger, and also if it's you know it's a handball if it's in the natural silhouette. Um, I guess you can argue here that maybe and JR has the the background of JR. <laughs> JR's background for this video call is um, basically the handball, which I know doesn't look like the natural silhouette, but um, I personally think um, this is the reason why I think it's not a handball, just because I think, first of all, he was not trying to make his, himself naturally bigger. And also, I think it's kind of borderline natural silhouette, because if you really think about it, like a lot of the handballs that are given um, has been like, you know, if the hand is over the head or like shoulder and above, um, so that's kind of why I kind of disagree with what JR is saying or what a lot of people are saying about the handball or the handball situation that happened 
against the in, in the Madrid derby. The only thing with that is that Casemiro was standing right behind him. So if it doesn't hit his hand, it drops to him. And his hand wasn't right up against his body. It was out. So you could say it's not intentional handball. He had no idea his hand was out there, but it still deflected the ball away from the man. But, okay. So, so that's why I mean, the referees have to make that call, and I feel like they're making the wrong call if that's how they're calling it. So can I – okay, let me ask you this question. So if if the, if his hands were, like, right by his sides, right, and he couldn't do anything, and maybe he moved his, his, his hip – to move the ball away from Casemiro, would that be considered a handball in, under the current rule? Well, not if I, he touches it with his hip. Well, well no, no, no. If, it, if his hand, arm, his arm was by his side, and you're saying like, moves his no, body to, yeah, no, but that's yeah. no, that, that's not what happened. But, yeah, I know that's. I mean, so like, that's boy. I just want to backtrack real quick, just a, your earlier point. It's so like, I feel like that that circumstance that you're just talking about right there, with the hand being right next to the player's side. And a ball being like drilled at pace, a ball like hitting the player, uh, the player's arm while the arm is by his side. That's exactly what happened in that Tottenham Tottenham game uh, to the Fulham player. Was it uh, Lamina? Yeah, yeah, Lamina? Exactly, yeah. Sure. That's exactly what happened, and they called that a handball. And uh, you're saying that the the ruling body said that that was incorrect. No, well, no, no, no. So wait, wait are you talking about? Are you saying the Spurs handball was was not a handball? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Well, no, yeah. that definitely wasn't a handball. I mean, well, according to the ru- rules before IFAB changed it this week, that goal that should be ruled it was correctly ruled out because it led to a goal. That's what I'm no, saying. But I'm saying that, in this case, it shouldn't be a penalty. I don't agree with that at all. Well, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I think the fact that we're so confused <laughs> talking about this, and I, we should probably move on because this is probably not the most gripping listening for everybody. But like, I feel like this kind of underlies the whole, like underscores the whole problem with the current interpretation or misinterpretation, sure. as the case may be, with handball sure. rules. My understanding. So like, I, I like, I'm just going to give a really quick personal anecdote, which was like, you know, I was a referee, yeah, obviously at a much lower level, clearly, uh, but for like over a decade. And like I never, I felt, I felt like I never had so much confusion about like handball as I do now, as like a, a viewer of the Premier League and other top leagues, including La Liga. It's like it was always very clear to me, like if the arm is a like outside of the natural silhouette and B affects play, it's a handball, and it's like not much more complicated than that. And now, I, now I, I have no idea. I think that's pretty evident in our conversation so far that. Maybe nobody has any idea, including the referees themselves. Uh, JR, do you have anything to say to that? 100% agree. And it's been even more confusing this whole year because they've been changing the laws as they go along. Beginning of the season, if it touched your hand, it was a handball. And maybe that was way too intense. And now we're getting to the point where we have no idea. The refs have no idea. Every game it's called differently. Every league it's called differently now. And yeah, there's there's nothing uniform about it. Yep, yep. I I I would say this. Um, I agree with the the confusion part. Um, I just I'm just going by the by the by the rule I'm seeing. I have it pulled up right here, and, and that's all. Um, but I do agree it's in very inconsistent, especially in the EPL, and that's why I think a lot of people carry that frustration to this. But to be honest, 
if this was like a big team like Juve, like in Syria, for example, I think that would have been given a handball. I think it just depends on on the situation and how the ref interprets it. So, so um, Bori, are you saying that Real Madrid is not a a bigger team as Juve? <laughs> no, I'm not saying? saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying Real Madrid. You know, in in La Liga, it seems like they are um you know doing the right thing. They're following the law. Like you no, know, I don't think that the sh- the way I interpret the, interpret the law is especially if 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 your hand is not above your shoulder, for example, like that, like that happened last week. Uh, yeah, last weekend with with Milan, where this player put their hands over their head, and of course that's a penalty, you know. So, um, it. But I agree, it's tough. It's tough. I, I don't want to beat the bush, uh, you know, beat around the bush. But um, the the one thing I wanted to call out here also is just to understand um, how Benzema actually, um, and, and Suarez are actually doing well for their teams. I, I'm, I was actually very surprised about, you know, Benzema has been out for how long, what, like three weeks now or something, uh, JR? Uh, yeah, he's been out for a couple of weeks, uh, yeah. since, since the Atalanta game. Well, he didn't, he didn't seem to skip a beat and it was really good to see Suarez score. And you can see that he still, he still got it. And I think that's a miss for Barcelona. I think the other thing that we have to discuss is how, this result really helps Barcelona, and um, and I think to be honest, uh, this fixture um, basically gives the win to Barcelona. And I don't know if anybody has any uh, thoughts about that. And I don't know if I know. I me- remember everyone when, last week when I talked about Elijah, the 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 Moriba Elijah Moriba, and he scored this wonderful goal this last weekend. Um, just wanted to point that out. That well, since 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 we're reminding everyone what we said last week, I just want to remind everyone that I called this game was going to be a draw. You guys remember that? And I said that Real Madrid would only win this if there was some type of bar controversy or help in their favor or cause. Fine. Now, you can play the tape back. You can roll it back, you know. But I just want to say that this is how it was going to end. I also said that I probably went with the prediction of a draw because it also makes La Liga that more interesting. Um, I think as the current table stands after the, the results of this weekend, uh, Atletico are in first place. Barca in second, Real Madrid in third, but the lead now between first and second is uh, three points. However, Atletico do have uh, a game in hand. So, you know, there's still a lot to play for. Um, I, I think it'll come down, I think, to to the point of um, something that made a huge impact that may impact, I guess, Barca's trajectory from here until the end of the season is the results of the elections that took place today. And oh, how I, have, that... I have news about that. Oh, okay. So yeah. you know something we don't, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to get at is, like, you know, it, it should make for a, for a good finish, um, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, because and... right now, as it stands, uh, Spanish teams aren't doing too well, at least in the Champions League, um, except for Real Madrid. Um, and so we'll see which teams are end up getting past this next round yeah um and if which, those teams which that team fall out wants at least that's yeah, what it feels exactly. like in the liga yeah and if those teams that fall out if they you know like if it's a barca if it's a sevilla or real madrid or atletico you know then all they have to worry about is la liga so yeah so actually uh Annie, i'm glad you brought this up because um i kind of want to delve in a little bit about what's going on with madrid this season um and why they're so awful i, I mean really uh, especially during the Atalanta game, uh, you could see that even with 10 men, they took them a while to score. 
um, uh, against a 10, 10 man, you know, uh, Atlanta. So JR, I kind of want to give you the floor here. Um, something obviously that we've noticed is, is, you know, defense is maybe not so much recently, but back in, you know, before recently, basically, uh, the defense was looking at a lot of, of goals. Uh, Varane seemed a little lost, but I think he's now gained his confidence back and, and maybe he's like fully now independent from Sergio Ramos, which I think was a very, or is still a very huge uh, a miss. And then you have Benzema out for a while. Um, and of course, the, the prize winner uh, or the, the player of the century, I would say, um, Hazard, uh, as you know, unfortunately has been missing a lot of games. Um, so Jack, I just want to get your thoughts. I want to understand, and can you explain to us and people that are listening, and maybe people that don't watch La Liga, what the hell is going on with Real Madrid? And, and maybe if you can, what the hell is going on with Barcelona and other teams and why they're not doing well in the Champions League especially? Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll break it down and real quick uh, on the, the Hazard subject. Uh, apparently he re-injured himself after just coming back to training. No um, way. Zidane at the press conference yesterday had to no uh, deny that that happened, but he uh, Hazard was not at training after just coming back. So we'll see what happens there. But it's interesting, uh, Madrid, we've had a crazy season, and I've been telling you guys that I, personally, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're a good team, right? And it's crazy, though. We're sitting in third place in La Liga, like Manny said. Uh, Atleti are three points ahead of Barca with a game in hand, but we've taken four points from playing Atleti. We've beaten Barca. We've beaten Sevilla, who are in third. Uh, we still have to play both of them again. Uh, and then Sociedad, we've taken two points from and then Betis, who I believe it, are in fifth or sixth, uh, we've beaten them as well. So against the top six, we've pretty much beaten or drawn them. We haven't had any losses, and yet we're sitting in third. In the Champions League, in the group stage, we beat Inter Milan twice, and I believe they're sitting on top of Serie A. We beat Atalanta. You don't, you don't have to say that that way. Don't, don't remind everyone about that, please. Um, we beat Atalanta one nothing, um, but yet in group stage we lost to Mönchengladbach and we lost to Shakhtar. Um, so it's like we step up to some of these big games, but there have been a ton of other games where where we lose or we just don't play well. We don't play consistently. Um, a lot of that has to do with injuries. Uh, just just a couple of weeks ago, um, we only had ten uh, healthy senior outfield players. Uh, so we were down to a bunch of kids I'd never heard of before in, in a few of our games. Um, Zidane's been making crazy rotations and changes. You talked about Varane. Uh, Ramos, our captain's been out. Uh, Benzema, he's the only guy that can score goals on the team. If he's not playing, um, we really just kind of pass the ball around. That's that's all there's to it. We have Cruz and Modric out there just just passing the ball with no one to no one to score. Um, so it's really been, been a weird year. Um, we didn't have any signings come in and then some of the younger signings from previous seasons or, uh, Odegaard, for example, who we brought back on loan, uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work or click with them in the first half of the year. And so then we got rid of them in January. So we got rid of Jovic, we got rid of, uh, Odegaard and then all these injuries happen and then we don't have any backups. So we got to rely on the kids. Uh, so it's been, it's been a crazy, crazy year so far. We're sitting in third, you know, like I said, despite be, taking four points from Atleti and beating Barca already in the Clasico. And, uh, 
yeah, it just shows that we're we're inconsistent. So what you're saying is that you guys are fortunate enough to be in third place. Is that what you're saying? Yes and no, right? Because <laughs> at the same time, Barcelona haven't had a great season, but somehow they're sitting in second. Atletico have probably looked the best, but we could have beaten them today. Uh, they lost to Chelsea last week. So, I mean, I think I think it's the, the table, the championship is still up for grabs, but it wouldn't surprise me if we we finished third. It wouldn't surprise me if we finished second. It wouldn't surprise me if we lose to Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, but maybe we'll win all those games. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have, uh, you know, a 12th player on the field, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you win the game against Atalanta. But um, it's it's funny that you say that Barcelona is not doing well. And I've always thought that too. I think it's just the standard that we hold them to. But they've only lost four games this season uh, in, in, the, in La Liga. Uh, I know they're not doing so well in the Champions League. But um, it's just really weird how, like, they fought, like, they seem so bad, but they've only lost four games. And I, I looked at the table the other day. I was like, only four games? Like, it feels like they've lost, like, ten games this season. But um, those are very good points. Um, the one thing I do want to ask you, though, is um, do you think that um, there is a title race in, in La Liga? Because you look at the table now, um, I think Manny two weeks ago was pointing out that there was like an 11-point gap with a few games in hand, um, uh, you know, like a month ago or so. But now, you know, it feels really closer. But given the injuries and given the uncertainties, do you think there, there's still a, there's a title race in La Liga? I do. Um, and at, at Atletico Madrid, they've, they've dropped points recently. Um, that's why the, the gap has, has shorted a little bit. They do still have the game in hand, um, but they still have to play um, Barcelona again. And that'll be good for Barca because even if they, they win that game in hand, Barcelona can make up points by beating them. Um, they still have to play Sevilla. They still have to play Betis. They still have to play Bilbao. So they still have to play a lot of the top teams a second time around. Um so we'll see what happens um, if they, I think if they get knocked out uh, in the Champions League to Chelsea, that'll kind of lighten up their fixture schedule and, you know, maybe they pull through. If they keep advancing in the Champions League, which which I think they will, um, you know, maybe they'll slip up in some of the league games, which will make the, the title race more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and, I don't uh, think any of them, none of them are going to escape the round of 16. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk None of the that. Spanish teams? Yeah. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll talk Ooh. about that. Um, yeah. We'll get there. But uh, so, yeah, and uh, just for our listeners out there, they are, uh, Atletico is actually having that game in hand this Wednesday against uh, Athletic Club, as they pronounce it. Um, so it should be interesting. If they if they, if they they lose that game, I think, I think, JR, you're right. Like, I think there's going to be a title race. And I would be so sad that Atletico basically threw this lead away and, you know, it will give feel to the people, you know, people like Manny that keep maybe claim that this is a farmer's league, um, which, which it Hold isn't. On. Hold on. If you want to, if you want to quote me, I said new farmer's league. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We need new to have that debate. Yeah. Farmers. Well, we, we, I think we need to have that. We started going into that realm last week. I think we need to have that debate and maybe JR, you can come in and uh, state your case in defense of La Liga. But we were, yeah, we were, Manny was going down the path of, and I, I mean, like I was following him of like maybe La Liga, the quality is flipping. I'm just, I'm just following the, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of parity between what happened to 
the Serie A when the money went away, when the stars went away, and the quality it's dropped. Back. Money and, is back. Uh, that's a, it's, it's not. That's it's a, not it's not as bad. It's not as bad as what Real Madrid and Barcelona are facing right now. No, uh, which I, I agree. I just think that uh, you know um, all of the things that um, and, and Jr. knows about this about the investments that uh, have happened and the and quote unquote investments in the players and also uh, the expansion of the of the stadium. A lot of that cash has been tied up, and then you add COVID on top of that. Um, you know, it's no surprise that La Liga is kind of you know, where they are in dire straits at the moment. Um, but I will say, again, uh, I just want to hear from JR here at this moment in time where he truly thinks Real Madrid will be two weeks from now. Now, granted, they play Champions League, and I just want to hear at the end of the season what where he thinks they're going to end up in. I think... I honestly think we lose to Atalanta. I told everyone this when we played them. Like we're not, we're not a good enough team to 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 win and to advance, in my opinion. Um, in that game, we got lucky. Atalanta got a red card. I also thought they played pretty stagnant and scared, which helped us. But we couldn't even score a goal. We were playing without Benzema. It took took 90 minutes for us to put the ball in, uh, playing a man up. And then for for La Liga, I I honestly think it'll take a a little bit of a miracle for us to win. Um, I do think though, I think we beat Barcelona uh, in the next Clasico in April. Uh, I think we lose at Atalanta in a couple weeks, um, and yeah, I, I guess that puts us trophyless. What happens, to, what happens to, to Zidane? I think he stays. Uh, I don't. I don't think he gets sacked. I, I think he yeah. says. I think it's been a, a. It's been a weird year. Um, but I think that there's a lot of question marks coming up this off season for us. Um, Ramos, uh, you know, we're trying to re-sign him. Veron's going to be going to the last year of his contract. There's word that if we don't re-sign him, that we'll sell him in the summer because he'll be going into his final year. Uh, there's a few guys that I don't know if we sold them or didn't sell them, like Hamas or Bale. It sounds like we're still paying their salaries. <laughs> so hopefully we can. Still, yep, they're still on your on, on your roster. Yep. So hopefully Incredible. we can get rid of those guys and such, um, and maybe Zidane can sign Mbappe, and then you know we'll win the trouble next year. Um, we'll take uh, we'll take an Odegaard. <laughs> I'm glad Odegaard. you brought. I'm glad you Odegaard's brought up Mbappe. I'm glad you brought up Mbappe because I wanted to ask you, do you think that with everything that you're predicting will happen in Real Madrid, they can still or will still have the pull power necessary enough to sign the likes of an Mbappe, uh, a Haaland, and anybody else who is in that kind of elite category of football? I still have that. I still think they have that kind of prestige to make those kinds of signings. Um, I do think, though, yeah, uh, when you don't win trophies, it's definitely harder to to bring some of those guys in. But I think at the end of the day, if, if you want to play there, which it, which it sounds like Mbappe kind of does, um, you know, it'll it'll happen. Sounds good. Uh, so let's actually. Uh, Enough rummage because I'm tired and sick of their, you know, <laughs> crazy political ways. Um, let's move on to another 
city in Spain, uh, Barcelona, uh, or should I say Barcelona, as, as they say. Um, uh, today, uh, a lot of changes happened. Uh, there was the presidential election today and uh, Joan Laporta won. Um, so he's now the new president of Barcelona. He's all, he was already a president, I think, in the early 2000s, um, which obviously were part of the successful, you know, times of um, of Barcelona. But I, I want to just maybe ask you guys uh, on on the on the call um, and see if you think this changes anything. Because again, on the one hand, this is going to bring more stability and maybe a threat, especially to UJR for. Um, but I don't know if I don't think it's like a coach appointment where like the effects could be immediate. Uh, but um, I heard something that you know I didn't know about, which was like for example, they said Messi usually didn't re usually participate or or vote in the elections, but this time around he actually voted, um, which is you know interesting. So you could tell that he does really care and uh, and um, yeah. So I just want to get your thoughts and see if this has the same weight as like changing coaches, just like Jeff did uh, this er earlier this season. Let's hear from the Real Madrid guest first. See what his take is on this. Are you or scared? Do you, know who, do you know who Messi voted for? No one knows. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, people I thought, that was the, I thought that was the big reveal that you were keeping. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not the big reveal. Uh, no, or maybe I, I don't think it matters too much. Um, I mean, you said it was Laporte, right? Yeah, Laporta, yeah. Yeah, so Laporta had been campaigning pretty hard. Um, no surprise that he that he won. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it changes anything. I think I think Messi still leaves, especially if they go trophyless, which it it seems likely, unless Atletico choke because um, they're definitely getting knocked out of the Champions League. Um, but, you know, I okay, so I, I, I'm on the camp of Messi leaving, but now I'm like, maybe not, because if you really think about it, why would he, he's never voted before and then decides to vote. So part of me thinks like, well, he, he does care um, and, and probably wants to stay. Um, I just don't see how... I don't see how he leaves. But the other, the main thing I really want to find out from your point of view is, um, are you are you scared of this? Like, do you think this is going to bring some kind of stability to them? No, I don't. I don't. Threat? I don't think uh, the new president will be able to change anything. They they've got a lot of problems. Uh, they they have the most debt in La Liga. Um, that's why they had to let so many players essentially leave. That's why they're making some of those signings, those uh, sign and trade, sign and swap trade um, with uh, Pjanic and uh, Arthur uh, last summer, you know, so they can fix yeah. the books in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, they're struggling financially. Coleman couldn't sign any players. They had to let Suarez leave. Um, I don't think a new president, you know, changes that right away. He might, you know, try to make some small changes in the next few years to help them out. Um, I also think Messi's still going to leave. I think him voting might have just been uh, he wants to, to leave the club in good hands because uh, he still cares. That's a good um, point. That's a good point. But but I think they have a lot of larger problems than some of the other clubs in, in La Liga. Um and they mask it because they can still play well on the field, but I'm, I'm not yeah. worried about about a new president. Yeah, there was yeah. all those stories over the 
winter transfer period about like how Barcelona, I can't remember what player it was actually, but I just remember reading the stories about how Barcelona wanted to bring somebody in and uh, uh, asking price was maybe like 18 million euro. And Barcelona was like, uh, no, thanks. We, we can't afford that. So that says a lot if for a club of Barcelona stature to be um, thwarted by an asking price, like under 20 million, like that's pretty, it was a shocking. I remember I, I felt shocked when I read that. Um, but you know what? I mean, like there is an easy way uh, and they don't even have to do anything, but they could free up uh, 138 million euros a season if a certain, a certain somebody was to leave. <laughs> they they missed that boat. That boat left. They could have, they should have sold them last year. They should have done that. Oh, well, and yeah. Gotten something you know, out of it, but I think it's too late. Um, I, on the other hand, think that it will, I think the new president is going to make an impact. And um, I think it's because of the way he was campaigning. It seemed like everywhere he went in all of like the media, he was always speaking about how he had this great relationship and he has this great relationship and understanding with Messi's father, who's also his agent. Um, So, you know, I, again, we talked about how a few weeks ago when we had when we saw this slump in Barcelona season, it started with the locker room. Messi's the captain, and you know, you just saw his his body language. You know, just kind of seemed like he didn't care anymore. Um, it, they're turned a tide. They seem to be winning. I mean, they just had a, a comeback against Sevilla, right? Uh, they beat them twice. Um, in a span of like a week and a half, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the Champions League. But they seem to be hitting their stride and catching the form at the best time uh, where, you know, Real Madrid have drop points and um, Atletico has, you know, definitely dropped points. So I think that in the, if it is true, everything that the new president claimed, that relationship that he does have with Messi's father and Messi, I think it might actually start something it might there might be something concrete there to keep you know um as much as Messi costs with that 130 million or whatever it is figure that justin just gave uh think about how much longer it would take barcelona to restructure the entire team and start oh, yeah. from scratch yeah. you know uh, it's almost like at this point you might as well just keep them like you've had them along this you know this long think about all the sponsorship and the revenue that comes with Messi as well just the name that he brings that alone you know should i know it won't make up 130 million dollars right but it has a a major impact and also on the viewership or la liga um i think that the day that messi leaves la liga and there's no other superstar behind uh, real madrid haven't signed anybody big or any other team uh big like are we talking figurative or literal uh, <laughs> oh boy! I kid. I kid. We'll we'll take him back. Uh, you know, at, at like a fraction of the price, a tenth, a tenth of the price. Um, but no. But in all seriousness, if you think about it, right? Like, uh, since Ronaldo left, like, what other superstar, like superstar name on that on that level has come to La Liga, right? And then if right. Messi leaves. Like, there's a stat out there about the viewership declining year over year in La Liga. So, 
it's no coincidence, right? Yeah. yeah. Some of the, dollars, dollars. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think we need. Let's. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on now. But yeah, let's yeah, let's return to the right. subject when we get closer to the end of the season, and we yeah. start, like especially when we start entering the summer transfer period, and we see what moves are actually realistic for the big clubs in La Liga. Yep, sounds good. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it for uh, La Liga's episode. Um, let's just quickly touch on on the, you know, the the Bayern and Dortmund game. Um, I I was I was just shocked. I mean, I knew that like maybe Bayern would win it. Or, or at least tie it, but but I was I was shocked to see it was was four two. Um, so I, was anyone surprised? Or no? Did anyone care? Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just Byron always Byron always. I remember we were like uh, talking about the stat last week about how Atletico like kind of surprisingly has not beaten Real Madrid since like we said like the 2015 16 2015. season. Yeah, yep. right. And that was like very surprising. I I think I. I don't have the stat in front of me, but you know, I feel Bayern always beats Dortmund. Uh, it's and like... and then sign their best players right after. <laughs> it, yeah, that insult injury. Yeah, they do. do it always well. feels like uh, no matter how good Dortmund might be, or you know, whatever new players they might have, and then like how bad or like whatever poor form Bayern might be having, like it doesn't matter. Bayern's gonna beat them. Like, it, and it kind of felt like that. Yeah, but I heard Holland did stay uh, sharp though. He got a brace very early in the game, so he's still yeah. uh, keeping his engine running hot, so he can smash uh, in the Champions League at the midweek. Hey, that's it's looking good for. I, I think I think especially if he doesn't, you know, go, you know, if Dortmund doesn't qualify for the Champions League, I think he may leave. Uh, I'd love to see him at Milan. I think we can uh, sell oh, yeah? our, kidneys, our kidneys to. I mean, yeah. Anyways, I don't know if you heard, but um, his agent, who you know, um, what's his name, Mino Raiola, was saying that there are only six clubs that can afford him, um, and he he didn't say the six, six clubs, but I, I'm sure Milan was one of them because if you if you really look around, what clubs can afford him right now? 100 million. Um, it wouldn't be Real Madrid or or, or, or Barcelona for sure. But he's wait, talking about. Uh, Guangzhou in China. <laughs> okay. Wait, are you talking about the same Milan that's trying to haggle right now the price of uh, Tamori we, we from twenty million dollars to ten we million dollars? We we haggle on it on everything. That's what we do. Um, okay, uh, that's it for for this. Well, for well, real quick, speak, speaking of Holland though, okay. it it okay. felt like uh, Lewandowski maybe uh, was a little upset with all this Holland talk. Um, and all these goals he's been scoring, and he had to remind yeah. everyone yeah. who the real boss striker is of uh, Bundesliga and score that hat trick. Yeah, yeah. we should. We yeah, we we would probably be remiss to not mention that Jr. Yeah, that uh, as currently stands, um, Lewandowski he's on pace to break Gerard Mueller's record, single season scoring record, which I think is 40 goals in a Bundesliga season, and he's at present. Like 31. Yeah, he's uh, he's on pace. He's on pace to break it. If, I mean, like, there's still a lot of games to be played, and a lot of things can happen. But he is consistent. He's like clockwork. He always scores. Was it disrespectful? Oh, he uh, celebrated his goal against his old team. Oh, or is he so far yeah, removed I, from Dortmund that? Yeah, he's been gone too long. Um, he, he forgot. He forgot he played for them. I think. 
<laughs> Dark times, should I say? Um, all right, cool. Uh, so yeah, th- yeah. I I feel bad for Dortmund, but it looks like I, I don't know if they're going to qualify for the Champions League. But we'll see. We'll, we'll watch out for that. But let's talk about the last derby that happened this weekend, uh, and that's the Manchester derby. Um, were there any surprises here? I mean, um, I'm guessing everyone was surprised. Huh? Uh, yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Does anybody else feel this way? Manchester United is uh, a weird team. It's like a really weird team. <laughs> yeah. Really weird. Enigma. Very strange season. Yep. I agree. But the thing is, we played in this on Thursday, so I hope they stay weird in the terms of like they go, they're up now and they just go down on Thursday because we, we play them in the Europa League. I know none of you watch the, oh, actually, no, Arsenal does. Justin, Justin, you watch the Europa League because Arsenal isn't is in the uh, Europa, but, um, yeah, we, we faced them on Thursday, so I'm 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 a little worried, but I mean, such impressive display from them. I, it looked like City just had like a mental block, like it, it seemed like they forgot to play. I don't know what Jesus was doing there within in the first minute, trying to tackle. Like it's just ridiculous. Like why is he even there after a kickoff? Like it, it was just weird to me. But um, uh, did anyone take anything away from this game? Is there anything that stands out to you? So Apart I didn't from the scoreline. I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, but Bruno Fernandez scored another penalty kick. And I think against the top six clubs, he's only scored two times, and both of them were PKs. So Does it matter? Yeah, I think it does. Why, why does it matter? It, same thing, same thing I, said about Lukaku. Lukaku doesn't score against top six. I mean, maybe it's just, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a, a fair thing to say about oh this doesn't score so, against top six so what does it say about a player when he beats up on the minnows and the leagues but then he can't score in the big games you know what i mean like well, yeah i think means, i think it does matter it, it, well okay i yeah i've just heard this before where everyone saying lukaku can't score against top six and now he's well scoring he's, against top six and now he's yeah. beating up minnows and said yeah yeah we know <laughs> yeah in his defense in his defense he's probably just confused i mean like top six and ac milan probably like it doesn't compute in his head so he might just be like you know doesn't doesn't realize what he's doing this this is ridiculous i just want to move on to be honest jr do you have anything to say about the derby or were you just like crying Uh, over your game city still city's still gonna win the league of course i mean i don't think there's any doubt it's just weird to see, like, it seemed like the Derby was, like, a different game for, for United. And, like you said, Justin, it's a weird season for them. Um, and I thought they were going to get bamboozled. I honestly thought it was going to be a 4-0 kind of scoreline. Um, but but United came through, and, and they blocked it. So, kudos to them. Yeah, they're a strange team, like I said, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to get blown out, but I, it was surprising. I guess, like, you know, City was due for an off day. It had been a while since they had one of those, so it just was kind of strange that happened during the Derby. But, yeah, big win for Manchester United. They, uh, With this win, they narrowed the their the lead of Manchester City. Now they're only up by 11 points. So, Ooh. wow. Yeah, makes it, yeah. Crazy. Um, uh, 
let's let's talk about a more pressing issue, and and that's the issue of Liverpool. I mean, it's if you look at the table right now, they're currently eighth, um, and they've played around. You know, if you look at the teams around them, they've played the most. So <laughs> it's incredible how they went from champions to to eighth position, and and probably will even slip down to ten in the next two weeks if those games those games in hand are played. Um, I mean, how bad is this? Like, this is just one win in the last five games. How crazy is that? Pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is... We, I feel like we've talked it to death, so I'm just going to like briefly touch on how it's like... The, the reasons for it, they're obvious. They have the injury stack up. Klopp relies on his same suite of players uh, and has relied on them for two seasons, going on three seasons, like with them like playing almost every single game. And there's just, especially during COVID, they're just like tired mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, every which way. They they just seem like they're a team that's just kind of broken in spirit at this point. So whether they rebound next season, that's going to be, that's the big question. I know JR has probably got a Tiago stat he wants to drop on us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> get, get a lot of thumbs up uh, this past game, too. Um, a lot of good jobs, a lot of cheers. I think yeah, oh. I think that says it all. When you start, when you start, when you become, you know, when you start making a meme out of your quote unquote your your uh, signature signing of the season, you know, everybody thought they were getting this. I mean, Thiago is world class, right? He is. There's no doubt in that. But man, the way he's fallen off in this Liverpool system, yeah. and I guess it just sums up uh, again everything that's gone around them. That says a lot, <laughs> you know. So the, the memes are world class too. So, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, what did what is it? It's uh, the first champions to lose. Well, after this weekend, six games, uh, six home games in a row. I think it was. Um, you know that that is telling. Um, uh, yeah. We were talking about Salah and everybody. I think they're. They're gone after this. I think they're going to lose a lot of stars. Really? I think so. Um, well, I think well, I don't qualify for Champions League, which which is a big thing because if they don't, they don't get that money, and I think that's why they will lose well, a few. Well, here's the no, thing. no, no. Like, come on. I mean, like well, the, the people, the players, as far as I can tell, I've never seen anything to the contrary. So correct me if I'm wrong, well, but the players, uh, the players like Klopp, and they seem to enjoy playing at Liverpool. They're just going through like a bad stretch right now teams like we've seen manchester united we've seen chelsea um arsenal sure <laughs> but like you know teams who have like dropped out of the champions league for a season or two and it's not like immediately they have like a fire sale the next season like everybody just flees the boat like it, it's it usually turns out to be fine well and this I is mean, a good this is a good squad and they have a lot of good players and they're just racked by injuries and it's a weird covid season so i don't think like it's going to be like Salah is going to put in his transfer request on the last day of the season. Uh, it might not be Salah, but Mane. I mean, uh, no. Justin, uh, you know, JR can talk about this. Uh, you know, last year, I think before before COVID and everything hit, there was uh, rumors that Real Madrid was interested in like a Mane and a Salah uh, type player. So always interested. So, um, I, no, that's I, the thing. I, Every, but Real Madrid it, reports always like, you know. I, and I know I, I cited I cited a transfer rumor about Barcelona like earlier in this episode. So like I, I'm being hypocritical, I know. But Real Madrid is linked with every player 
on the planet who like has like scored more than like five goals in the season. Like they always are linked with like every single player. So true. I, but, I don't know. But sometimes, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. And there's also the rumors going around that Klopp may be the next uh, German national team coach. So yeah, if, that's interesting. If, if Klopp leaves, then what's keeping those players back? What's holding them? You know, what's going to keep them in Liverpool? When they could go to like a sunny Madrid, Barcelona, you know, whatever. J- JR, you you were gonna say something. What were you gonna say? Yeah, no, I I, I think uh, for Liverpool, it looked like they just gave up. Like they're playing Fulham today, and Fulham was dominating for spells of the game, like possession, attacking, you know, creating chances. And yeah, Liverpool's got some injuries, but they still have some of their key players in the midfield. They still exactly. have some of their key players, all their key players up top, and they're getting dominated like that. And I think it's just, I think they, the players have given up. Klopp has already given up. Weeks ago, he he conceded the title, and I think his poor attitude reflects with the players. Exactly. And I think they just packed it in, and I think mentally they're not there. They're they're ready for for holiday, um, and they're not going to finish top four. It's going to affect the. Uh, star power of the players they can sign. It might not necessarily affect people leaving, but um, if they don't have that extra money, they might need to sell someone, especially with empty stadiums still. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I think. I mean, the, the thing is, I don't know who's going to buy them, to be honest, because I think Spain does not have that money right now. Um, I honestly think the only people that could probably afford them are like Bayern, who probably doesn't need any any money. Um, or any player because they're fine with Coman, for example. Um, but it's sad to see. I, I actually also think, and to be honest, I don't even know if they're going to qualify for the Europa League. But or maybe they will go through the the um, the un- what's it called? The conference unconventional. League. No, the conference well, league. <laughs> Everybody's looking forward to yeah. the conference league next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe they'll go through the, the unconventional way of qualifying the Europa League, but it's just really sad. I mean, they're not fighting, and that's something that – and that's the reason why I'm calling out because it, it just – today's game just showed that they've basically given up. And if you look at the table, they've played 28 games, which means they have 10 games left. And they still have to play City. I, I don't know if they've played um, – have they played Tottenham? But like yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what what the stats is against all the top six. Like have they played all the top six yet? Um, it's it's looking grim for them in my opinion. Yeah. And, let and me I think... let me actually pull this up. Let's do a quick over under. They have ten games left, like you said, Bori, and that includes uh, Arsenal, Aston Villa, who's been obviously pretty good this season, Leeds. Uh, it also includes Man U, um, and they're done with Man City. So th- those are the big ones. Those are the big matchups. Is Arsenal, Leeds. Aston oh, Villa right. and Manchester United, and then five, you know, uh, bottom half of the table teams. Yep. So uh, over yeah, under, do they do they get more than four wins in the next yeah. ten? I mean, given their loss today and their loss against, I think was it Brighton that they lost to, or some other small team they lost to. Um, I think I think the only teams that can really beat here convincingly is probably West Brom, Crystal Palace, maybe Burnley, um, Southampton is. You know, oh, definitely it's Newcastle. I think so. I think half There's of five. it they can win. Yeah. Half of it. Um, yeah. But it's looking grim. Even it's, even it's if they bad. win those five, they might not make it into a, a European spot. Period. Exactly. Not even exactly. not even Europa League. Because uh, of because Chelsea of, too. Well, because of the table right now, uh, if you see where they're at, uh, with 
Chelsea Everton play tomorrow, um, you know, by the end of this week, they might even be, like you said, in double digits, uh, like 10th place or, or lower than that. Yeah. Um, so. No, I think well, Arsenal's got times. the 10th place locked down, sitting at 38 points. So, unfortunately, not this week, at least. Maybe next week, Manny. <laughs> All right, is, sounds good. Is Klopp think... in trouble? People have said this. I, I don't think so. I mean, they'll. I think the owners of Liverpool will be stupid to to kind of push him out or think about it. They shouldn't even think about it. I think it's just just forget the season. Start it. Start fresh next season. Uh, whether you're in Europa League or you're not, just start fresh and yeah. rebuild. I I would normally agree with you, except there's a uh, there's this guy who's a legend in Liverpool by the name of Stevie G, who just won. Okay, Scottish League. You know, it's the Scottish League, but, you know, Liverpool owners, the management and the club might be saying, hey, depending on how disastrous this season might be, it might be time to bring in like a fresh face. I don't think so. I don't know. I I think they'll be stupid to do that. Yeah, unless there's like a kind of negotiated, classy way to handle the situation. Like Manny, you mentioned, if the. Uh, German national team coaching position opens up after Euros this summer, perhaps, then that would be like kind of like a very nice, like, you know, Klopp can go do that. We'll bring in Stevie G. Everybody's happy. Thumbs up. We're all, there's no drama to the whole situation. But I, I agree with Corey. It'd be crazy for them to fire Klopp after this I, season. I like Manny's idea. I think Klopp stays, but if they start next season poorly. Oh, yeah. I could see, oh, I could I see. see them. Yeah. I see. Stacking and hiring. I thought yep. JR was going to say, I know a thing or two about this because they had Lopetegui, who was oh, a God, Spanish yeah. national coach <laughs> and a Real Madrid yeah. coach. Dark times, dark times. So in a matter yeah. of like, what, like four weeks? So Yeah. All right, let, let's move on. Let's move on to the Champions League. Um, I, You know, this is going to be quick. I just want us to give the team that's going to go through this week. So I'm going to call out the games. Um, and then I'm going to point to all of you to tell me the team that's going to go through. And, and you know, what other team do we start with than Liverpool, who, um, you know, won their the first leg against Leipzig? So, um, Manny, uh, I'm going to start with you. Um, and um, just to remind you that the scoreline between Liverpool and Leipzig was 2-0 uh, away. So Liverpool were away. Um, so uh, this time they're going to be playing in Anfield at home which seems to be a problem for Liverpool this, se- this season so far um who do you think will be advancing through that group oh through that round I, I said from the beginning it was going to be uh Leipzig who's going to go through um I think this is going to be they're going to score two zero and then they're going to go to extra time and then they're going to win in an extra time interesting that's my prediction all right um Justin how about you I had Liverpool advancing, and I'm going to stick with that. You know, oh god, they they won the first sure. leg two nothing, as dramatic okay. and monumental as that victory that Manny's predicting would be. I don't see that happening. I actually have this leg just being kind of a a droll one one uh, affair, and then Liverpool will advance and probably just get like completely annihilated in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Uh, how about you, JR? Uh, I've got Liverpool going through. They're up 2-0. Um, but if they do blow this, 
everything we just said is is pretty much true. <laughs> so yeah. does it mean that does it mean that they get rid of Klopp if they do blow this? He, he goes into the hot seat, I, I think. Yeah, I think Klopp I, would. I, I think so. Klopp would like self destruct on the side, and by self destruct, I mean I mean like literally like parts of Klopp all over the field. Like Take- he'd ex- he would explode <laughs> if they lost in the manner that Danny's talking about. Of course, of course. Uh, I'm gonna break the tie. I think Liverpool uh, is going to get out. They're gonna be beaten by Leipzig. So I think I didn't break the tie, but you know it's a joke. Uh, but let's move on to the next one. Um, PSG and Barcelona. Um, and uh, Neymar may return, and that's it, it's it's a possibility. We don't know yet. Um, PSG better any, not. Better hope not. <laughs> any um, any um, who, who's going to go through this? Any, yeah, any predictions? I'll go because this was my pick was, and it felt like a risky pick at the time was PSG beating Barca, and because they because of the fact that they didn't have Neymar, and the more I looked at, it, I was like, I, I truly do think that. Under Pochettino and with Mbappe in good form, they do better playing a di- more direct and like just like, you know, uh, bombing forward style of play rather than like they kind of play a little bit more meandering, a little bit more tactical, uh, technical rather when Neymar's on the field. So I, I actually think Pochettino's going to rest Neymar so he can bring him in ne- uh, for the weekend's games, but we'll see what happens. I'm sure Neymar wants to play. But all that being said, PSG is going to go through. They, they're already so far ahead. They have the goal advantage. And I actually see this one also finishing as a pretty uh, dour, slow-paced uh, 1-1 game. And then uh, PSG will just advance. And Barcelona will just take their licks and then focus again on La Liga and winning it. Interesting. Uh, Manny? So remind me again, it's uh, uh, 4-1, right? Yes, yes, Apparently. yes. PSG, yeah. So yep. Barca scoring Three zero would take them to extra time, correct? No, they would lose. They would need they no, would because need PSG they, would four. they need four goals. They they there's no the only scenario where they would go to overtime is if they finished four one with Barcelona getting the four. Uh we talked about this. I talked about this. You know, you you can't discount them. They oh got a God. new president, man. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> it, it's Barcelona, and they're going to have – they might have the refs on, on their side still. You know, we've, we've seen the refs come through for them time and time again. So I want to predict the remontada dopes. All right? Dose. You guys, why not? Sure. Why not, you know? We'll see. I, I'm we'll going to go – I see. I'm, I'm a Barca fan, and Jr. knows that. Like, I'm I'm an outspoken Barca fan. I'm not hiding it. But I don't think they're doing it. I think this is it. I think they may they may score two goals or so, but I think it's worst case going to end up two one with Barca winning. So it won't be enough. Uh, but I'll let Jr. do the last um, prediction here. Who goes PSG through? PSG go through. If Neymar plays, he gets a brace. Mbappe is going to get at least a brace. It's going to be another 4-1. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. The next one is Dortmund and Sevilla. And this is a very interesting one because these two teams, you know, have been slumping, basically. Um, uh, Dortmund, not so much, but Sevilla's definitely been slumping. Um, But if you remember, the first leg um, was 3-2 and three goals to Dortmund. Um, and this was at Seville. Um, so um, 
Sevilla basically has to score at least two two goals and not concede a goal. Um, so I would say, and this is my prediction, I, I still believe that Sevilla is going to go through. I think Sevilla has now realized that they can't underestimate Dortmund, and um, I think uh, Sevilla will go through. Um, and I, it probably will end up like 3-1 or something like that. Two-goal margin is what is my guess. Um, JR, do you want to? Yeah, uh, I think Dortmund goes through. Um, I think I think it might be uh, there might be a lot of goals like the first leg, but I think ultimately uh, Dortmund probably outscores them. Interesting. Okay, uh, Justin, do you have any thoughts? Are you changing? No. Nope. Three one. Okay. Dortmund Ooh. victory. Yeah, Dortmund wow. is like they they don't get held to below two goals a game. Like uh, I think like you know they happened during the uh, you know the domestic cup competition recently but like other than that like they always get two three or more goals and they concede a lot as well but like i don't think it makes a difference they're sevilla's in bad form and they're just going to complete it and holland just going to keep on scoring get another brace maybe amazing i can't wait for the next episode uh manny how about you uh sevilla just lost dortmund just lost um in the league so I still think Sevilla manages to pull it off, uh, especially just seeing how Dortmund crumbled over the weekend, being up 2-0. So I still think that Sevilla pulls through. I think uh, I have like 3-1, them on 3-1, something like that. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I saved the best one for the last because this is the one that I really want to happen, and that's the Juve-Porto game. As everyone knows, I'm – the least fan of Juventus. I'm not going to say I hate them, but I'm the least fan of Juventus. So um, I'm going to start with you, Manny, um, to give your prediction. Who goes through and who goes home? Crime. Um, I think, so I have it as a tie, as a draw, 1-1, which would make Porto advance. Um, I had originally Juve going through, but... uh, I just seeing the way that that Juve can be susceptible so quickly, it would be nice to see them kind of knocked out of this early. So I'm gonna stick with a draw. Thank you, thank you so much for doing those good, um, Justin. I predicted the first leg to be a Juve victory, two nothing, and for Juve to advance from this uh, fixture, and I'm going to reheat those old leftovers and say oh, he's going to win this game to oh, nothing. God. This is the one. Oh, so I was, God. I was just a leg early in my, my score there line. So they're going to win to nothing and then they're going to advance, but Porto kudos to them because they, they were impressive in the first leg and they'll look yeah. impressive in this leg, but it won't be enough. So, so I did a little research. I'm going to go with my, so Porto's has played uh, four games before, you know, since the last time they played, Port, uh, since they played Juventus last um, they've only lost one game, they've tied one, and they've won the rest. Um, with that said, they can still score. Uh, so my point is they definitely will score, I believe, against Juve. Um, I think I am with Manu. I think it's going to be a draw. I think it may be 2-2, actually, instead of 1-1. And that's my prediction, but I definitely think Porto is going to pull an upset here. And I'm going to leave it to the number one Cristiano Ronaldo fan, JR, to tell me who's going to go through. Porto won the the first leg two one right. Yes. Right. Second leg, 
uh, we're going to get a CR7 bracer hat trick and uh, Juventus is going through. I mean, if you hadn't said Ronaldo was going to score a hat trick, then I would think you, you weren't okay if somebody was pointing a gun at you. But I'm glad you did that because I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's so genuine. That is genuine. I, I believe that. Um, but all right. So I think that's that's all we have for the Champions League. I can't wait for the next episode to to see, you know, if I, I can't wait to see Justin not being right. Like that would make my week. I just Hasn't can't. happened yet. Has not happened yet. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just waiting for it. But uh, let's, let's finally talk about the yellow card, red card segment. Um, I, I'm going to start uh, with my, I, I, I'm going to be a manny here. I only have a yellow card, and I will give two yellow cards to this one situation. And I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you all remember. I, I think two weeks ago, I was crying and, and, and just couldn't understand why Gladbach will allow the Marco Rosa going to. Uh, uh, Dortmund uh, news out. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't know who leaked it, but since he's done that, Gladbach has lost five games, I believe, and it's come to this weird situation where I feel like maybe Gladbach should just fire him now and let, have a new coach come come in and, and help the team. But it's totally abysmal. This is a team that that went through uh, the the round of 16 in the Champions League, so um, it, it, it's very it's very crazy. It's very crazy to see this from from a team like that. But also, there's Liverpool that is currently eighth, so maybe it's not that crazy. But I'm going to reiterate: like, there shouldn't be any announcement of anything before the season is over. It doesn't make any sense, and even makes less sense when it's a coach. Um, and I think that's what's what is affecting Gladbach right now. Um, so two yellow cards to them, and I hope. To be honest, I I never usually say this, but I hope they just move on from him and just get somebody that's going to be in for the project for the long haul. So that is my yellow card. Manny, do you want to go? Yeah, I'm actually going to follow the same suit. Two yellows to this particular situation. Actually, it's a club. Uh, this time it's actually Liverpool. The first yellow is actually for uh, the gamble that Klopp just took against Fulham and making all those subs. I think they did like seven changes from the team that uh, played Chelsea, uh, that lost to Chelsea um, midweek. Um, I think they underestimated Fulham, and they were in no position to underestimate any opponent, especially with the fact that they had lost five previous games. Uh, they had already broken a record, like we said on the show, for being the first reigning champ of the Premier League to lose five consecutive home games. And I think he just underestimated Fulham, thinking they were in a relegation zone, you know, a relegation battle, and they didn't take this game as seriously as they needed to. Um, I think a win would have helped them out tremendously um, as far as the confidence that they need. So that's my first yellow. Second yellow is for um, actually the uh, commentator in regards to the Chelsea game midweek. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this. Michael Owen, who's a who's a legend in the Premier League, actually came out and said that he had a uh, there was a particular uh, play uh, early on in the Chelsea Liverpool game where Mane got tripped up and could have gone down for a penalty in the Chelsea box, but he stayed up on his feet um, and the play resulted in nothing. But Michael Owen said that the only reason why Mane didn't go down was because he knew that Salah would end up taking the penalty kick 
and therefore uh, what? You know, racking up racking up the goals and you know stat padding essentially that's what he oh, said God. and so he was alluding to the fact that there's already like Sadio Mane I don't know if there's they have something going on with Salah or whatever um, you know obviously they're both competitors or professionals um, but I th- I just think it's absurd to insinuate that the reason why uh, he was actually insinuated that he should have a gone down for the for the for the foul and given the penalty. Um, but then he was saying that the only reason he didn't go down was because Salah would take the PK. So that's my second yellow. Oh, I I completely missed that. Um, but yeah, very far fetched comments there. Um, Justin, In, how about indeed. yours? For mine, I'm actually I don't have a yellow card. I just have a red card, and uh, it's a big old awesome. red. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is Arsenal adjacent, though, because it has to do with what else? EPL officiating. And uh, But I instead of just being mad and going on a rant about the non-call handball against Arsenal this past weekend, uh, which was ridiculous, but um, it's going to be actually like I, I want to actually take a step back and look at like the systemic issues that are underpinning uh, why the refereeing in the EPL and in like English or uh, yeah, English refereeing in general, why it's been so abysmal. And I, I think there's been a lot of like good articles and research into this. Um, I think a big part of it is like just the fact that like English referees face a level of vitriol. And I think it, this the, from fans and from supporters. And I think this vitriol like extends down the ladder into all like levels of football in England. Uh, you know, refereeing referees all around the world face abuse, but I think in England it's something particularly acute and is like accepted as part of the culture. Like that's like just part of English culture of football is for it to be, you know, yelling at the referee, uh, throwing abuse at the referee, and I think that starts at such like a, a low level that enough referees are just like weeded out, like they just like don't want to deal with it. And a uh, reason why they wouldn't want to deal with the abuse is also tied to the rewards of taking that abuse and the financial rewards specifically. Um, I was reading an article about how the referees in England, like even though they have pretty, they make decent pay on a, a like a salary wise, I think they make somewhere between any like the top level referees, the most senior ones, they make 200,000 pounds a season. Uh, and then, but when you get to their match fees, like the 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 amount that they get paid per match, it's usually only like, a thousand pounds per match. Like, and that's like, you're, you're, so you're going out there potentially getting death threats for a call or a non-call that you make. Uh, and you're doing it for a thousand pounds. Like, it's like insane to me it, for, for comparison's sake. I think I saw that in La Liga and in most of the other big leagues in Europe, they make like more like six or 7,000 pounds, uh, something like that, maybe, maybe five to 7,000 pounds per match. So I, I think the pay and the vitriol and the abuse that English referees get, just like it leads to uh, a selection bias where only like either like the the referees who just like really actually have like power trips or maybe they're like masochists and they just they, they, they don't mind the abuse. It's like, why would you stick in such a profession um, and like receive this abuse and not even get paid very well to do so? I think it makes sense that like at the when you reach the top level, when you reach the Premier League, the amount the the pool of referees that you have to select from is is pretty low. 
And I think that is kind of like the systemic reason that's, that's underpinning the whole reason why we've been seeing this season, especially so many mistakes in the top level of English football. And I don't know what the solution is, but it's deserving of a red card and perhaps some investigation into how to fix it. Well, it's also affecting them being chosen as refs for uh, the World Cup. So I don't know. I, right. Yep. It just feels very complicated. I don't, I don't understand. But yeah. Do you know when, you when, do you know when, video? Do you yeah. know when the last time a English like trio of referees uh, uh, was selected for a big, let's say like a semifinal or final match in the World Cup or in the Euros? Oh, is this a random fact? Oh, More could than- be. Sure. More than a more than a decade ago, I'm gonna guess. More than a century ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was yeah, in fact, a decade. It was the 2010 World Cup final. Since then, there has not been an English refereeing team selected for the semifinals or the finals of any of the major yeah. tournaments at a an in interna- international level. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it's gonna happen next year or yeah next year. It's because yeah. of the way. Everything is just so oh my bad God. right now. Yeah. Can you imagine Lee Mason in the Euro uh, finals? <laughs> you can believe is, is this, I was going to say, um, was it was it probably since uh, Plattenberg admitted in that one article that he would uh, favor Manchester United when uh, Sir Alex Ferguson was there? Did you guys see that? Yeah. yeah he I actually think... admitted so. I think that's a thing that's like, yeah, I would actually, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see kind of a, an analysis, perhaps, you know, we should do it to see like the, with this COVID season, when there's like no fans in the stadium and seeing, and with VAR implementation as well, like seeing how that has changed some referees, um, their decision making with some particular clubs, hint, hint, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Yep, all interesting. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Justin, for that uh, random fact and yellow card all in one. Um, but uh, first of all, I want to th- uh, thank you, JR, for also joining. Uh, it's great hearing uh, your perspective about La Liga. And also, as usual, thank you, Manny. Uh, and thank you, our listeners, for listening. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple, and Google. If you want to listen to us on any of those platforms, we're, we'll be there. Um, and of course, we're on Twitter. So, um, yeah i think that's all we have uh, i think we'll see everyone uh next week and i'm excited to really see who goes through the champions league so uh see you all next week and bye